Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, dedicated to making you a better seller. Recorded 4,827 miles across the Atlantic Ocean with Bobby Das from Houston, Texas, a father, husband, golfer, pilot, and tech seller. And Brian Evans, an expat in London, England, family man, 2X Ironman, and an ERP salesman. Both sharing tried and true sales strategies and providing free tools to make each week and campaign easier for you. They also answer your questions weekly. Now, here is Bobby and Brian. Hey, hey, Bobby. What's up, Brian? Welcome, everyone, to the Tech Sales Show, where we are focused on helping you to be a better tech seller. This, Bobby, is Series 6, Episode 3 of Sales Productivity. This is all about winning the day. Bobby, why don't you take us through what we've covered in the first two parts of this series and what we're going to talk about today. The first episode, we talked about getting caught up. Everybody falls behind at times. Um, We don't always like the feeling of being overwhelmed. So we talked a lot about how to get caught up. In the second episode of the series, we talked about keeping up. For salespeople, we probably all break ourselves our year down into years, quarters, months, weeks, days. And we tried to walk you through the process that we use and some that we've heard others use to keep up with everything that's going on. Today, we're wrapping up the series with winning the day. How do you go about winning your day? How do you get time to do all the things you want to do from a personal perspective while nailing your day job and then getting a few of those hobbies worked in as well? We've talked about it on each of the first couple episodes, but I want you to do it one more time, Brian, because I think it's so key to really what we talk about when we talk about productivity, and that's the quote you found online. Yeah, I think a lot of people, when they think of sales productivity, they think, oh, I don't want to be a tools geek. I don't want to be known for for being very technical. It's not about that at all. For us, this is we, we cannot let the small things divert us from the big goals. So the quote I found was, we are only as big as the smallest thing it takes to divert us from our goals. And again, uh, being smart when it comes to how we prioritize our day and what tools we use is all about helping us focus on what's most strategic and what's most important to uh, being successful in your job. No doubt. Love the quote. Love that we uh, are kicking the series off and ending the series with said quote. So uh, don't let the little things distract you. Uh, So this week, it's all about winning the day. Uh, I think if you really focus on our tips and tricks uh, for getting caught up and then keeping up, uh, winning the day becomes a whole lot easier. I see people all the time really struggle with letting the little things and and what I think are most of the time urgent things keep them from winning the day. And then that makes everyone start the day way behind. We talked a little bit about the inbox and what that inbox with thousands of unread emails will do to someone when they look at it. It's that overwhelmed feeling. It's kind of what all those little things are doing. So let's keep from from falling too far behind, and then let's figure out how we're going to win the day. So three sections to this episode. Focus on important. You've heard it in the other two episodes, and you're going to hear it again here. But this one is really about the day. So focus on the important, automate what you can, and then finish the day. Not finish the work day, but finish the day. So let's kick things off with focus on the important. Brian, I heard this tip a while back when I was going through some uh, coaching with a friend of mine that I asked for some coaching all around. And he said he just read a book and pretty much the entire book was about just write down the top six things you want to accomplish each day. 
quit the big long to-do lists quick quit having a legal pad with 12 pages of things on them um me and you both use trello we talked about it a lot and i actually created a top six card uh in trello so it, it, the goal of that is that nighttime routine that I think both of us have where we sit down and figure out what are the six things we're going to focus on or knock out tomorrow. They should be important things. That's why it's in the focus on the important section. And it, when I think about those six things, not every day do I get to all the six things. Sure. But I don't, I don't transpose those last three things that I didn't get to to my next list. I start fresh. I create a new list. A lot of times things don't make it to the next day, which frees me up because I'm not doing them. What What is it that you do? We talked last episode about that focusing on your pipeline and those deals right when you wake up. But how do you pick and focus on the most important when you start your day, Brian? Well, I think there are two things to two things I, I think about there. One is kind of the, the tactical execution there. I love the idea of having a Trello card that's very focused on what you need to take care of today. I do something kind of similar with my home list. So I have a Trello uh, grouping for my home stuff that I'm thinking about, whether that's you know taking care of the lawn, going into town to pick something up on the weekend. But I have a very set weekend list that I take care of personally as well. Um, but when I think about what those top six items are for me, I do kind of minimize Trello and have a separate uh, notepad out that has the top. And, and it's generally like three or four things for me, the three or four most important things I need to take care of in any given day. And I I think while tools like Trello are fantastic for helping you not forget things, it can be a little bit overwhelming because we all tend to kind of collect to-dos and collect tasks. So I think it's good to purge things from that, but it's also good to have a very narrow focused, this is what I need to take care of today. No doubt. Good tips. Um, I think one thing that I've seen a lot of salespeople struggle with when we're thinking about the bucket of how do we focus on the important? And again, we're thinking about the day here, people. So when I'm in my day, how do I really focus on what's important? The one really important thing that salespeople seem to always forget is building pipeline for the future. So maybe I pick on you for a minute, Brian. You said you're going to focus on those deals you knew were in flight. How do you make sure you focus on those deals that you haven't put into flight yet? The, the uncovering the new opportunities. How do you make that important part of your sales cycle be a part of your day? Yeah, it's a good one. I, I So I have these kind of reoccurring items on my calendar that's, um, so for example, in my current job, it's not about necessarily um, like doing cold calls and trying to get meetings arranged. It's more for, for a new pipeline that is it's more about helping our inside sales organization kind of train them and prepare them to get us meetings for qualified opportunities. So what I have on my calendar reoccurring is uh, schedule a trip out to Dublin. So I'll have that on like a Thursday morning and then I'll reach out to the sales manager in Dublin and say, Hey, I'd like to come out. Let's do this in three weeks and let's focus on X or Y. Uh, So for me, that's less of a task and more of a reoccurring calendar reminder uh, to make sure I'm focusing on that, that correct activity. Okay, so for the thousands, hopefully tens of thousands of people listening, just go to Dublin, talk to a sales manager, <laughs> do a bunch of pipeline building, and then expense it, see what your boss says. That's not what everybody can do, Brian. So sure. what might we be able to suggest to some people uh, to focus on the future in their current role that where they're not a global uh, specialist like yourself? Yeah, I, it's it's the small things, right? If you just go to Dublin, just go to Dublin, just knock it out, go to Dublin. I, I, 
you know, I think if you're if you're an account executive and you got your patch, and let's say you've got your 40 customers in your patch, we talked about, and we when we shared on on uh, in our tools section, we have um, the Google Sheets, and that Google Sheet has a list of accounts, and you can prioritize them based off kind of where you've got them in your pipeline. If I'm in your shoes, I'm an account executive. Um, I, I want to focus on what the most crucial accounts are, and let's say it's 40 accounts, 40 pros- prospects. Maybe on your to-do list every day is to contact two people. It's it's something simple. It's not overwhelming. You're not saying I want to grab six, but maybe once you kind of get in the, the rhythm of it, you go beyond two, you get three off that list. So it's being very intentional about uh, who it is you're targeting every single day. Yeah, and I, I like that. That's a little bit of an overlay on call 10. I know we talk about it a lot, so I'll yep. skip it today. But it, it's also about partners and, and other vendors that support your business. It's just caring about other people and talking to them. Do something to be proactive in your attempt to help others be successful. Then they'll help you be successful. But I do believe it's a big, important part of the day that a lot of people lose sight of. And then it kicks them in the butt always when they're starting their quarter and they have no pipeline and then they have a 90-day sales cycle that's never realistic. So, so Bobby, let's let's take that to a, you know, we kind of talked about it from a time of year standpoint. Let's, how, does your, how does your schedule look, let's say, in Q4 versus a Q1? Well, good year or bad year, but it may depend. <laughs> but uh, in a good year, you know, hopefully I've done a lot to build for it. Um, I'll even break that out and say, well, is it a three-year run? Where in my three-year run am I? I've, I've tried to think of my sales jobs, managers or individual contributors, kind of as three-year runs. Um, so I guess this would be pro tip. Every time I've interviewed, I've asked for at least a three-year opportunity because you can't get it all done in six months. You never can put a feather in your hat and feel like you've finished it in one year. So I've asked for three years every time. So if I'm in my first year, uh, Q4 might be a little less busy than a future Q4. But I would say it's probably a little seasonality towards the end of that Q3 and a Q4. Um, if I keep the same set of accounts, hopefully I'm able to blend that out a little bit broader across and think longer term maybe i heard stuff in month one that's going to really close in month 35 of that three-year run either way i think i have always done a a a spreadsheet we talked a little bit about it uh, in earlier series is where i talk about a list of everything that would be possible if i could sell if i'm selling kitchen sinks i put everything including the kitchen sink on this list that i could sell and i'm trying to touch each one of those opportunities each piece of that white space and all those accounts and as I'm building that pipeline, it really will be on the business of the customer to articulate or dictate when that's going to close. I might be able to create a pending, an impending event based on price or add-ons or features. We've talked about some of that in negotiating. But I, I hope that I don't have so much seasonality that my company's driving my behavior more than my customers are driving my behavior. Yeah, yep, that makes sense. And then, so when you're thinking about those tasks and you're, you're – you're thinking about kind of, um, I like the idea of kind of having a three-year plan um, for your for your prospect base that helps you to think more long-term, that helps you to think about building pipeline just outside of the current fiscal year or financial year. Um, how do you group your tasks during the day? I mean, just getting really into the weeds because I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is they wake up in the morning and they're like, all right, cool, I've got these six things I need to do today. What? How do you, how do you group things uh, to stay organized during the day? 
Yeah, so I really think of this list of six top six things nowadays. That's really really been a part of my day for the last 90 days or so. And I think it's helped me go from what is sitting right next to me right now that you can hear. This is my legal pad with three or four sheets of, of things that I've always got by my side. And, and it's the noise. It truly is the noise. It's, but it's a lot of those brainstorming and thoughts and ideas that I don't want to lose track of. They'll ultimately become electronic somewhere or they'll get scratched off and not done. The six things are, you know, if I get behind for whatever reason in, in Salesforce updates, which we all do, right, then I know my boss is going to come down on me. So that might be one of my top six things. Th those six things are, are hopefully not urgent, but they got some meat to them. If I feel like my prospecting's getting weak, then it, one of those top six things probably becomes prospecting or filling that funnel. And I'll spend, I will block some time on my calendar, stop the madness. I'll make some, not necessarily cold calls, but I'll try and take some people to lunch that I'm taking the people to lunch with in a while. I'll talk to some partners. Um, my call ten might might fluctuate a little bit more on the uh, prospect side of the phone call list. But I break it down into those six things that are most important. And then I think it's it, it's probably more experience than anything. But I, I think of really three key buckets to the sales role, right? It's definitely, we'll call it being a challenger, but I have to be able to hold people accountable for the deals that I have in flight, right? Are we on track with the reverse timelines and all the things that we've agreed to? Uh, yes or no, and where those fall off, that's just deal management. Then I think I have to prospect for the future, and there's there's a certain amount of that. It's probably not a third, a third, a third, but and then the yep. third part of that really is build relationships. Those can be internal, external, or inside my customers. But if I do those three things, I'm probably a pretty good sales rep. Um, so if, if I had to help somebody break down their day, are they spending a little bit of time in all three of those? Probably in that order, right? Focus on the deals at hand. Uh, focus on the future, building pipeline, and then building relationships across your network and your customer base. I, I think people would have a pretty good tactical day if they did that as a sales rep. And so, and I know we need to move on to the next one, but a quick question, because I think this varies for everyone. <clears throat> what do you, do you focus, we all have tasks on that, let's say your list of six of, there are things you like to do and there are things you don't like to do. Do you start with the thing you do like to do or that you don't like to do? Well, I'd like to profess perfection here and say I do the most important thing no matter what, but I probably I probably have this uh, approach by which I do a couple things that are easy. Now, that yeah. most would tend to say that's what I like to do, and most commonly they probably are the things that I like to do, um, but I'm, I'm probably good at them. So if I have to build a spreadsheet for something, I'm probably going to do that, whether I like it or don't like it, because it's easy for me, and I know I can knock that down and get other people set on their way. If it's something that I'm going to delegate, I probably try to delegate um, because I know that I can maximize my day if I get two or three other people helping me do the things that need to get done. Um, but I, I, I think I've shared this story a bunch. You know what I'm going to say, but... If there's a big rock, big proposal, if there's uh, training that's due today, has to be done today, that is the last thing I ever get done on any given day and all the other things get accomplished. I don't know why it's like that. I want to say there's something about procrastination in there. Um, I know I've read articles on it that other people are like that, but <clears throat> I normally, whatever that huge mountainous task is, everything gets done before that one and I still get that one done uh, before it's due for sure. Yeah. 
I, I'm pretty similar. I, there's, there's a certain dopamine effect of getting something marked off your task list that feels really good to archive something in Trello or to erase something from the, the to-do list. So I'm very similar. I'll, I'll, it'll feel good to get a quick win, a meeting scheduled, uh, an internal call knocked out, a customer call knocked out. If I can do that early in the day and I've got enough caffeine with me, that becomes kind of the rock rolling down the hill for me. It kind of becomes a momentum that helps me get a lot of things accomplished in the morning. Perfect. So the last piece that we have in focus on the important is really find a way to batch common tasks. Um, probably a tip that I got from Tim Ferriss that I haven't given him credit in a while for something, but definitely batching the common tasks is something that I've gotten really good at. was really hard to do before. I haven't looked at my inbox for work in the last two hours today, maybe three hours today. It's None of it's going to make or break me. I know it's not, but man, I used to look at that inbox all the time, all the time. Now I really pick times during the day where I'm going to work on email. And if I don't work on email at nine o'clock at night, it's not going to be the end of the world. And if I don't do it first thing when I get up, it's not going to be the end of the world. I love the way Nadine Cherry talked about her morning routine and that she doesn't look at email until she gets to the office and in her chair would, would make most people cringe to think about it. But I batch that. I batch follow-ups. I batch calls. So I try to do those three activities in a in a grouping throughout the day and some emails obviously something i do every day sometimes i group calls at a different point during the week um, and i always try to do follow-ups within 24 hours but i don't try to do them immediately after i walk out i try to let those things marinate so i can come up with better ideas to to serve my partners and my customers there's a great saying out there that you um oh i'm gonna go blank on it um uh, you have to treat people or you have to show people how you want to be treated. And I, I think when it comes to email, if it frustrates you that you're expected to have a response to an email within 32 seconds, or there's going to be a text message, or there's going to be a message on Slack or whatever sort of internal tools you use, you, you should kind of uh, hold yourself accountable to that because that's the expectation you set. Anybody, So anybody that works with Nadine knows that she is incredibly responsive, really sharp. She's going to hit the nail on the head, right? Everyone's going to be impressed working with her. But everyone knows that it, that she's, she's set her communication schedule. That doesn't frustrate anybody, but she no longer is beholden to this um, timeline that's impossible to, to keep track of. No doubt. Person. And the, yeah. uh, the last manager gig I had uh, 18 months or so ago, I never sent email on the weekends, which also created a sense of comfort i think for my employees that i wasn't expecting them to send and do email on the weekend either yeah um, which is pretty important so those are some tips to focus on the important in a given day the next thing that I, we want to talk about is automating what you can we talked a little bit about it uh earlier that i'd like to automate in one of the earlier points in my day just because if i can get people working on things that are going to help me and my customers then the better off to be uh, if I wait till the end of the day, it's not going to get anything done. So I've talked about a lot of little things. Brian, I know you're going to talk about a few things. But for me, uh, game changer in the last four years is, and this will probably surprise people, but I have a personal assistant who does an awful lot for me. And uh, it started small, and I think everyone should at least try it. Uh, you, there's millions of websites for virtual assistants out there. 
Um, I've used one called AskSunday.com, A-S-K-S-U-N-D-A-Y.com. Um, it is overseas. They would probably amaze you with what you can do. I think one time you sent me a spreadsheet, Brian, where you had all kinds of columns out of whack and couldn't figure out how to move some data around. And I sent it to my personal assistant at the time and came back exactly the way both of us had struggled for probably hours to get the data formatted the way we wanted. And it took them, they bid an hour of work, which is like $10 for me uh, and got that knocked out. So find a way to work with some of these personal assistants to knock out some of that meaning, meaning minimal task type basis stuff and uh, use it. Um, any, any tip around personal assistance or something like that, Brian, that you've used? Well, I'm going to, I think that's probably worth a whole other episode, Bobby. I think this is, it's a really cool thing what you've got going there. So I know we've talked about it uh, earlier this year in 2018, we talked about personal assistance and uh, how they help support us across, you know, all aspects. So I, I that'd be a great, just singular episode on its own. Um, tabled we'll table that one and table put it. it on the list table it I, I think for me um automation is all about so i, I just I, I basically now 75 percent plus of my time i use an ipad pro um for my work who turned you on to that i i think you brought one over when you were <laughs> visiting windsor uh and it's it's a game changer um I, I i love it you know you you like to have kind of the the notepad next to you i like to have everything uh, kind of in its place as it's occurring. So for example, when I'm in a meeting with a prospect, I've got OneNote open. I've also got, you know, kind of the, the windows, how you can put them next to each other. And I've got Trello open as well. So that as tasks come up in that meeting, I'm, I'm putting them in Trello and I've, I've got kind of a running list that I can summarize at the end of the meeting. For me, that that's automation to me is to be able to leave that meeting and not have to spend half an hour summarizing notes. And I know not everyone's like that. Some people don't like to, you know, they think like having a device up between you and the prospect uh, can be seen negatively. Um, I I generally ask permission of the the prospect to hey, say hey I'm I'm going to be taking notes on our meeting here to kind of get their support for it. Although I'm finding kind of more and more uh, I see a lot of a lot of customers do it as well. Yeah, I think it's standard nowadays. Um, I work for a company that doesn't find Apple to be the fondest partner in the world. (laughs) So I don't get to use my iPad at work as much as I probably wish I could at times. But I do have my brand new Dell XPS 13 out and going and have all those tools up and running that will sync later on. Um, So I definitely do that as well. And I'm a note-taking freak and find ways to really capture all those notes uh, we've talked about it. If I have to build the email or the spreadsheet more than once, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to automate it. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, we have talked a lot about my quick parts video that's out on our YouTube channel. If 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 you if you just take two seconds to go watch that video, you will be impressed with how much Outlook will do of your work for you. And those automated tasks are amazing. Whether you're using Windows or the Mac. Uh, we show you how to really automate that follow-up and save yourself a bunch of time. I use uh, TripIt quite a bit as well. So um, I do, as, as we called out, the uh, the trip to Dublin. Um, I, I'm on the train quite a bit to, to different parts of uh, to England and Wales uh, for business. And uh, if you – TripIt is fantastic. It's, um, it's a free app that you can download out of the uh, 
out of the app store for for Google uh, or for iOS. Um, and then, of course, it's got a browser uh, app as well. So basically, once you set your free account up, you can forward on an itinerary, whether that's a flight, a hotel, a combination of a flight, a hotel, a train. You can forward it to trips at tripit.com. It recognizes the email address you sent it from, and it automatically builds an itinerary for you. Um, it's a total lifesaver for me. Um, and then that syncs directly with my Outlook calendar. So again, the, the aim here is not to, use, to, to technology for technology's sake. The use case here is I booked a flight on trainline.com this morning. I got my confirmation email within about 10 minutes. I forwarded that straight to trips to tripit.com. And there's no more, okay, do I have my time blocked off on Outlook? Um, do, you know, do I have my confirmation number saved? It's all 100% complete. And now I can focus on that more strategic set of activities that I got for the day. Yeah, and I think that's really what automate means. It doesn't mean give all your work away to other people, but finding a way to take, I would bet a lot of people spend 45 minutes to an hour organizing themselves around a trip like that. And if you're saying it takes you 10 minutes to do it, well, that's 50 minutes of time saving, uh, which can go to something like exercise or a hobby or family or more work so that you can close more business. It's your choice at that point, but uh, fantastic tip. Yeah, and a plug for your quick parts too, Bobby. I know you called it out before. We're going to link to your quick parts on um, on the uh, show notes for the episode. But it's been, what is it? It's it's five or 10 minutes? Yeah, Something like recording. that. Yeah, it's yeah. this. This is a total uh, game changer when it comes to automating uh, reoccurring uh, things that you do in email. So have a look at it. And then I think the last tip for automating is take away the noise. Automate not seeing what's distracting you throughout the day. We've both talked about in in this series how we don't have a lot of notifications that pop up. It's been kind of. Uh, a little painful because I've even stopped Strava notifications, Brian, because you run so freaking much that I can't, I can't, I can't even give you enough kudos. But the 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 noise of that popping up and then me getting distracted and into the OCD and me saying I need that red circle to be not on my Strava icon, so then I got to go make three clicks that they want me to make into their app uh. to do it. And then while I'm there, I got to give you kudos. And then I look at your picture and it just it it drains. It just adds upon ads of time suck so seriously people turn off the notifications and if strava is an easy one think about the harder ones twitter was not an easy breakup uh facebook notifications was not an easy breakup because we want to see your your comments and your likes on our page for the tech sales show so you know but it does save me time by limiting the noise and turning some of that stuff off i there's a uh i think most people that listen to our podcast know that we listen to uh, adam carolla and while he can be a pretty crude guy, I think one of his uh, funnier sayings is, uh, if it doesn't make me money um, or doesn't make me happy, then no thanks. And I, I think you almost have to, you have to kind of be crude with your time here as well. Um, Strava is, man, that's, it's, it's, it's much like Facebook. I need to consider removing it myself because not only do you have to go into the app and you have to click like, well, to get that red notification off, you have to click the activity to see what was creating the bubble on there too. You're talking six clicks, and I know that to some people seems like that's ridiculous. Like why, you're you know you're being a little silly with productivity, but to Bobby's earlier point, it's the culmination of all these time burners that uh, really kill kill things for you. 
No doubt. So part three of the episode, finish the day, not the work day. So a lot of a lot of the chatter that Brian and I have shared with you guys is people ask us all the time, how do we do so much? How do we have so much free time on our hands? Um, it's not that we don't work hard and that we're not doing our day job. It's that we have these boundaries and we, we really think about finishing the day and sometimes starting the day. So we've talked a little bit about that I start my day extremely early now, um, and that's because of my schedule and my wife's schedule. So our, our exercise time has been bumped up to really early in the morning. And what that's created for me, uh, incidentally, is a block of time to get a lot of the noise out of my day for work. And I would suspect in a lot of cases, and please coworkers and, and boss, if you're listening, don't hold me accountable to this, but... I would bet I get more done in those two and a half hours than most of my team does in the entire day because it's noise free. It's so hard to get that stuff done. So if you if you think of my starting point, I'm ahead so far ahead of the rest of my teammates um, just by sheer luck that I have two and a half hours of downtime in the morning from 5 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. that I'm way ahead of the game. Brian, I know you have a day plan and you finish your days. What what would be the one big one for you that says you get you you get this thing going so you get to finish the day? Well, so I, I'd say that for me, uh, being uh, kind of fits and exercising and eating rights fuels me to have very productive long days. So being ready to perform an exercise and, and cycle and run the way I want to means I need to get good quality rest. And I, you know, I think we talked about this whoop strap that I got probably two months ago and was a little bit on the fence didn't know exactly what to expect from it. One thing it's forced me to do is it, it measures my sleep. Um, and then it measures, not only that, it measures how, um, how ready I am to perform the next day by measuring heart rate va- variability and your resting heart rate. I say all this to say it is abundantly clear to me now. I have the I have overwhelming evidence that says if I can get seven hours of sleep at night, uh, I can get a great workout in a good you know a good spin in on the uh, the indoor bike now that it's getting dark in uh, in Windsor, uh, which means that I'm going to have a very productive day because I'm going to have uh, you know heart's going to feel good. I'm I'm going to feel motivated and got the good endorphins running through me. So good sleep is really important, and it impacts uh, a lot that goes on in my day. Yeah, and I'll throw out a little tidbit there that that I think it has almost become cool to talk about how little you sleep. Um, it, it was one of the things that I used to think was really important to, to share or over-advertise that I could work on four hours of sleep. But people, if you can get that seven or eight hours of rest, you will be better at your job, you'll be better at your life, and you'll be better at doing the things you love to do. So inbox zero, Brian, share your perspective and then I'll share my perspective. This is the one thing that we've both done for a long time to finish the day. Yeah, this is both for me on personal and work stuff. If I wake up in the morning and I have an email from Haverty's Furniture Store, I have, that is a mistake and I have, I have all of that cleaned up at this point. I do not wake up in the morning in anything in my personal email that is some sort of advertisements. And if, if I do, it's because I've missed it. So it's emails that I need to action or it's a it's an email that I need to, to read. 
Same is true um, on the work front. All the we talked about this in, in the previous parts of the series. Um, all the newsletters, all of the win, you know, reports, the uh, group emails, the marketing campaign stuff, all of that gets routed into folders. Those folders are then, uh, I've got time blocked on my calendar that I go through and read those, but I don't want to wake up in the morning with 62 emails and uh, 24 of them be marketing emails and just general conversation. I want to wake up in the morning and have a good clean inbox, which is working backwards from how I want to finish the day. There should probably only be two or three emails in my inbox when I finish up my day. And those are the things that are kind of things that may be on fire and are important uh, or just things that I'm still trying to decide. Am I available on that day to accept this meeting request? How about you? Yeah, I would say I'll start there. Those last couple of emails in my inbox normally are things I'm still keeping my eyes on. Probably someone else has the action. I may have the action, but I'm watching to see when the next email comes in. Then I'll move the one that that was before that out and just kind of keep watching that conversation and or the uh, expectation on what I'm I'm expecting to have happen with that. As it relates to, to... it's been hard for me over the last 10 years, but actually hitting the delete button, getting rid of things. I'm not ever going to go back and look at that stuff. I don't need that history. Um, I've mm-hmm. unsubscribed from literally everything that I don't care about back to uh, Adam Carolla's. If it's not going to make me money or I'm not, it's not going to make me happy, I don't. So a lot of things that are non-work related my personal stuff that just kept coming. The Dynamo Soccer newsletter that I was just, tired of seeing it's not that hard to hit unsubscribe sure. to that just because you bought one set of tickets for a game doesn't mean you need to subscribe forever and i know uh, and i've picked on her my wife there's people that have hundreds of those coming in a day and you're missing the real important stuff uh, by doing by seeing all that so it's not that we believe you, every inbox should be empty uh, and that that should control your day or time but if you manage it correctly which most don't then it should be it should be easy to maintain and keep up with. Uh, when we both worked for Microsoft, one of the one of the things I thought was a telltale sign of someone who managed it correctly was Steve Ballmer said he responded to all his own email and kept up with his own inbox because he probably had some pretty stringent rules, um, and it wasn't that impossible uh, to do. He just had somebody filtering out a lot of junk, no question. I think the big misconception about this is people that have zero inbox are just sitting by their email waiting for the next email to come in so they can file it away. That's not the case at all. If, if that's what you're doing, that's the wrong way to do it. Uh, there will be times to where I'll uh, be done with meetings or I'll be reading through an RFP, writing some responses down, and I'll look down at my email and I'll have 42 emails that I received over the past three hours, four hours while I wasn't on email. And, and then triage becomes very quick because what you'll find is some of these quote-unquote problems get solved during those three hours too no doubt the, the the i hate when i make the mistake of responding to something and then seeing that i didn't pay attention to that other email that yeah. came that already solved it uh for sure so last thing we for the finishing the day it is important to exercise the family all those things i think i let a lot of it go early on in my children's life because I was chasing this career. Maybe it helped me, maybe it didn't, but I know I missed that time and I know I can't get it back. So focus on the important things around family, your body, your exercise. Those are very important. And if you don't take time to do those, then it's gonna that's going to be a snowball that you're going to get way behind on health. You're going to get way behind with family. And unfortunately, sometimes you're not going to be able to fix it. I've seen too many 
acquaintances and close friends lose their spouse or go a different direction because they let work get in the way. People, it's not that important. I can assure you of that part for sure. And I think it's a big part of why Brian and I, to those around us, seem like we've got all this time. We make sure we knock out those things and participate with our family. And a lot of times it makes the hard days and the long weekends a little bit easier um, because we know we're doing it for something that's bigger and greater than us for sure. Love it. Couldn't say it any better. Okay, so let's wrap it up. Uh, This three-episode series has been all about sales productivity. I think we spun at least one new episode and or series up on how to outsource and take advantage of personal assistance. We'll start working on scripting that one out and making it available to you guys. If you have ideas, please share them with us. A quick recap on this, and I think the most important thing, no pun well, let's call it pun intended, is focus on important, not the urgent. Automate what you can and finish your day. If you do those three things and you do them well, you will be a low-key, calm sales rep throughout your career, and I know that you'll be very, very successful. If you listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, please give us a five-star review. If you don't think we earned a five-star review, get us an email at info at techsalesshow.com and let us know what you think. Anything before we wrap it, Brian? Yep, new domain is techcellshow.com. Check us out there. We uh, have all the logos flipped over at this point. We'd love to get your feedback on that. And if you like this series, you're enjoying this series, like you said, Bobby, uh, give us a five-star rating. If not, give us some feedback. And uh, how about share this on LinkedIn if you're enjoying it? Perfect. As always, average sucks. Average is the enemy. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show with Bobby and Brian. Subscribe to their email list by going to bobbyandbrian.com and follow them on Twitter at Bobby Brian Sales.